This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. Every episode, we learn something new about having a better love and marriage. Modern homes today have technology built into them. We call them smart homes. Also, the modern marriage is filled with technology, which can become a serious problem if not managed according to Bible principles. In this episode, we'll begin to learn how to turn your marriage into a smart marriage. Be sure to visit fixerupermarriage.org to enjoy additional content. So here it is, part one of how to manage technology in your marriage, turning your fixer-upper into a smart home. 1 Corinthians 6.12 All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I'll read it again. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So this morning we're going to start something new, how to manage technology in your marriage. As we look at a fixer-upper, we would say a lot of houses today, they're, what, they're called smart homes. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but they have smart homes today. And Smart homes are wired for technology and the digital future. I mean, they've really got it going on with this smart stuff they have. At Lowe's, they have this smart thermostat that I've been lusting after for a while, and you put it on your wall, and it works with your cell phone, and you can adjust the certain times of the day or whatever. They even have a refrigerator now, if you've seen the commercials on the computer, a smart refrigerator, and it has your computer screen on the refrigerator door, and you can check certain lists that you want to, if you need out of something, you just check, I need butter, and I guess it sends a text alert to your phone or however that works. And then there's ovens that are smart ovens, and of course there's smart TVs and smart security systems. Now you can have a security system and watch it from your smartphone. You can be at work or wherever at church and see what's going on in your house. And they have smart doorbells now. If someone comes to your door, they ring the doorbell, you can get alerts on your phone and you can even see who's at the door. You can see an image of who's there. I even read that they make now a smart toilet. It has heated seats and warm flowing water. I mean, they're really going overboard with the smart stuff, but smart homes are all the rage now and all these things are controlled by technology that we have. How has technology affected marriage? You know, advancements in technology are really coming faster than we can adapt to them. When I was in elementary school, we would take a field trip up to the high school right up the road, and we went to the computer lab, and we thought it was such an amazing thing. And I remember my teacher saying, someday you may have a computer like in this lab in your house. And we were all just like, no way. There's no way that could ever happen. These things are incredible. And back then, the computers, they, there was no windows, there was no operating systems. It was, you just kind of logged in and you could type your words in and you had to tell it what to do. And we were so amazed because it could do math. I don't know why that was so incredible because we had calculators that could do math. But you, one plus one, and it would tell you it equals two. We were so excited. Look, it even does hard multiplication or division. And we were so excited and we thought, man, it would be incredible to have this in our home. And then. Of course, now we have these like supercomputers in our house. I mean, I have a computer that's probably 10 years old at home, and that thing can do incredible things. I mean, it's incredibly fast. I mean, 
the internet is, is used to be when you got on the internet you had a dial-up modem and it made this crazy sound and it seemed like it took like 10 minutes to load a page from the internet well now it's just like we get if it's not the, up in five seconds we think what's wrong with my internet connection what's wrong with this crazy computer somebody call my provider so we got to do something we got to report this it takes 30 seconds for this page to load and then it, things are just going so fast with the technology we can communicate with each other in seconds I can be in line at Walmart and sometimes it's not such a good thing but I can be in line at Walmart and get a text message from my wife and say oh yeah I forgot to tell you that we needed a gallon of milk you know how far it is from the front register to a gallon of milk in Walmart now I got to leave the line that I've been waiting in but because a smart of a smartphone that's so fast in communicating and a text message uh, now I have to leave that line and go we can communicate so quickly with one another it's, it's revolutionized the way we talk and you have all these apps to communicate with one another. There's now there's Marco Polo that my family said, I have to have this Marco Polo app on your phone and you communicate by video. It's just like an instant video and you see uh, your friends and family, whatever video they're making at the time. It's almost like a live video somehow, but we communicate with each other in seconds and then the popularity of social media websites like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Pinterest have brought new temptations into marriage that were never there before. Now all of a sudden we can all connect with each other just instantaneously on these computers and cell phones that we have. Now you can develop relationships with someone across the world and it can impact your marriage in a negative way through social media. You know, one wrong keystroke or a social feed can expose an entire world of pornographic images and videos. I like to cook. And so several years ago, I got a Pinterest account. My wife had one for quite some time. And I got this Pinterest account and I follow things about healthy foods because I like to cook. I don't just like to cook anything. I like to cook healthy foods and figure out healthy ways to make things. And, you know, when it's kind of like a hobby, sometimes when I'm off work, I drive my wife crazy. I'll try to come up with new ways to make something or, or we're, we're going to use almond flour now or we're going to make this and we're not going to use sugar with this anymore. And I said, why don't you just make it like it's supposed to be made? But I have to do something different than what everybody else is doing right. I have to have something new and exciting and something that's really healthy. But I had this Pinterest account and, and I you know, had maybe men's fashion on there and I just was learning how to use it. And one day I was sitting there and all of a sudden this image pops up on my Pinterest account I had not looked at anything and I told, handed it straight to my wife. I said, what in the world is this? I mean, I follow food and men's shoes and suits. I mean, that's all I do on there. And there's this image that I do not want to look at. I mean, I don't want to see that. If, and I handed it to my wife, I said, what do you want me to do about that? She said, all you got to do is, is report this as something else. Well, I'm trying to make a point that there is pornography on something that seems as innocent as Pinterest. And I didn't do anything wrong. It just came up in the feed. They give a feed and automatically put things that they think you would be interested in. And obviously that's not something that I would want to be interested in, but it just pops up. And it just you can do uh, just something on YouTube that seems so innocent. And we look at these YouTube videos that are just 
funny and hilarious, right? All these things you can see on YouTube. You, you type the wrong thing into YouTube and you can see things you wish you would have never seen or something you wish you could just wash it out of your mind. How could people put things like that out there for everybody to see? But there's so many things that can impact your marriage in a negative way with all this technology that we have today, all these things that impact us through this technology. But there are five ways to manage technology in your marriage. Number one, treat yourself as prone to sin. Listen to this Bible verse in Galatians chapter six and verse number one. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. If a man be overtaken in fault, consider yourself. The Bible says that even though someone else is tempted and you're trying to help someone who is overtaken in a fault, that because of our human nature, we are prone to fall to any other temptation ourselves. We are prone to sin just like anyone else. Set your own limits of accountability by considering your vulnerability. We are all vulnerable to sin. We are all vulnerable to fall prey to these things that are in technology today. You know, anyone could easily fall to the temptations that are there. You know, it's a precautionary measure. Maybe you would have to exclude yourself from certain things. You know, everybody does this. Everybody has this. But you may not be able to have those things. You may not be able to... To, in order to save your marriage, in order for your marriage to be what it should be, if you have things that you can't control, then you should completely eliminate those things or maybe limit your access to certain things because your marriage is more important than being like everyone else. You know, everybody else has all these accounts and everybody else does all these things on the Internet. Well, maybe you should need to limit yourself to keep yourself from f- falling prey to certain uh, temptations. Be careful Because your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with your spouse are very important. It's more important than any other relationship that you have. You have your relationship with with God. That's important in it. But your relationship with your spouse is the most important relationship in all the world. So it's more important than being on Facebook or being on Twitter or being on some Internet site. That's more important than your spouse's relationship that you have. It's more important than anything else you could do online. Understand that the devil wants to destroy your marriage. Now, God created man and woman with certain specific intimate desires, and those desires that we all have are fulfilled in a godly marriage, aren't they? And we can see it, you know, as men, we like, we are visual people. As men, we're stimulated by visual things. And, and when, we, when we do that, when we, are, when we see our wives, it's, it's something that God put in us. And that's designed to be fulfilled in marriage. And a woman's the same way. A woman likes, in a different way, she likes to be stimulated by conversation and talk. My wife loves to talk and she loves to talk to me and have intimate conversations, just me and her. But that's designed to be fulfilled in marriage. And sometimes we get online and we start having intimate conversations with other people that are not our spouse, then that can ruin your marriage. It can destroy your marriage. And Satan knows this. He uses those things that God put naturally in us, he plays on those things and he begins to destroy what something that's godly in our life, a godly marriage. He uses those things to destroy. You know, Satan's 
plays on those desires and uses technology as like a cheap and a dirty replacement, isn't it? it repla- it's a replacement, but it's cheap and it's dirty. It doesn't bring anything but guilt, and it brings shame. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. Listen to this. For we are not ignorant of his devices. So Satan seeks out deliberately to have devices that would hurt your marriage. And he does that a lot of times through these technologies that we have today. So number one, treat yourself as prone to sin. Number two, deal with your FOMO. Deal with your FOMO. F-O-M-O. It's short for fear of missing out. Fear of missing out or FOMO. And this is an actual word. It's an actual word that psychologists, it's a term that they use to describe a feeling that we get, fear of missing out. According to the English Oxford Living Dictionaries, FOMO is anxiety that an exciting or interesting event may currently be happening elsewhere. And this is often aroused today by posts seen on social media. FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, it's always been there, right? Say I had to work late and there was a party going on at church and I could sit there and have anxiety at work when I begin to think about what all these other people are doing and while I'm stuck at work and I could experience real anxiety. But, but now it has gone to extreme case with the proliferation of social media. I mean, now you see instantaneously what everybody else is doing. And we get text alerts. Phone calls, social media, post alerts, news feed, news feed. This is the latest thing going on in the world. Guess what Donald Trump said now? Guess what he tweeted this time? And it's just we have this anxiety. We're going to miss something if we don't have our phones in our hand. We're going to miss something. There's something going on that we're going to miss if we don't have our phone available to us, if we don't have all these alerts set up. And sometimes we can't even have a conversation with our spouse. We can't even be intimate with each other because we're so afraid. We have so much anxiety that we're going to miss out on something exciting that's on the computer or something exciting online. So-and-so might post this today or somebody might, somebody's on vacation. They may post these pictures and they're all happy and excited. And here you are in your life and your little drab life in your house and, and your spouse wants to have something to do with you. And, but you're so wrapped up. You have so much this fear of missing out. It's a real thing today. and It's getting to be a bigger and bigger problem. But refocus your life more on what's going on right now around you than what you may be missing out on somewhere else. Sometimes we miss what's going on around us because we're so wrapped up in what's going on somewhere else. If my wife would hear here, she could say amen to this. Sometimes I come home from work and I'm tired and I just want to wind down and I sit in front of the computer screen and I read the sports page and it's like nobody else in the world exists. I mean, nobody else is around. The kids could be doing anything. I mean, they could be playing with knives, cutting up each other. I wouldn't even know what was going on because I'm so wrapped up in the what that news that I'm reading. And sometimes that's what happens when we get wrapped up in the, the technology that we have today. It hurts our marriage. It hurts our relationship. But sometimes we have to focus on what's going on around us, right? We, you have a husband or I have a wife and I need to spend time with my spouse because that's what's going on around me, not what I don't need to be worried about what I'm missing out on somewhere else. 
And so sometimes it helps if you just turn off those alerts on your phone. And there are a lot of alerts on your smartphone. I told you this technology is adapting faster than we're able to adapt to it. There, I went through my phone the other day and there must be a hundred things you have to turn off, alerts you have to turn off. Some miss out on something. And you know, you sit down and you, you're having a family dinner. What happens? You get an alert. You get a text message. Somebody needs to talk to you. You're, you feel like you're missing out on something. I've got to see what's going on. No, we don't. We don't have to see what's going on in the, in the world or some social media account. We can focus on what's going on around us. So turn your phone off and spend some time together. Spend some time with your spouse. Don't get wrapped up in the highlights of someone else's life and miss your own highlights. Well, you could have had a highlight with your spouse, but instead you were watching somebody else have highlights on YouTube or you're looking on Facebook and seeing someone else's highlights for their life. And, you know, it's funny how people just put the exciting things on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Right. We just put the things uh, we went on the vac vacation to Washington, D.C., and we we're all so excited and we we're all so happy. So guess what pictures we put up? We're all excited and we're all happy. We didn't put pictures and videos of us driving to D.C. and dealing with the traffic and all the anxiety that was involved. I didn't put a video of me and my father-in-law arguing over where to turn on the street. And we, got, we kept going in circles in Washington and we were debating on which street to take. I didn't put a video of that moment. I didn't put the video of us all standing out in the rain and, and we're getting caught in a rainstorm or... I didn't put videos of us sitting at a, a bench and all these bees swarming around us while we're trying to eat this really, really ridiculously overpriced food. I mean, it was crazy. We spent like $50 on hot dogs and we didn't even get drinks to go with them, I don't think. It was, but we didn't put, we didn't put that on Instagram and we didn't post that video on there. And that's the way it is. You, when you look on there, you're seeing the highlights of someone else's life, but you can make your own highlights to enjoy in your marriage. Set limits on your time on social media. A way to deal with this FOMO phenomenon that's going on today, you refocus on what's going on around you. Recondition your mind. I don't have to know what's going on in everybody else's life. I can focus on my life. Set limits on your social media time. Maybe for example, you can spend 15 minutes twice a day on social media. That sounds kind of reasonable, doesn't it? 15 minutes twice a day. I recently started on Facebook. And my wife has a Facebook account, but I've wanted to get on there and see what it was like and maybe connect with some people that for some reason have nothing to do with me. And maybe it's because they're all on Facebook, I thought. So, so it, Facebook takes a lot of your time, doesn't it? I mean, you could really spend a lot of time on Facebook. And I can't believe that I get on there and I see it's like people are just on there like nonstop. It's like, wow, I can't compete with this. I can't do this. I have to turn this thing off. I have things to do. I can't read everybody's stuff that they're putting on here all the time. But set some limits on your social media that would help you to be controlled. And I believe that fits within the parameters of living a biblically principled, living a temperate life. Set some limits. 15 minutes twice a day might be a good suggestion. Set your phone down. How about this? When you get home, set your phone down and listen to your spouse. Spend some time with the spouse who matters to you more than anyone else in the world or should matter more than what's going on on your phone. Do not allow the fear of missing out to control you. 
Listen to this in 1 Timothy chapter 1. And you can all, we can all quote this. Chapter 1 and verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege it is to be saved and to come to your house and learn from the pages of Scripture. Help us to apply biblical principles to our marriage and learn how to deal with the technology that's here, the, the temptations and the things that can hurt our marriage and harm our relationship with our spouse. And may we draw closer to you and closer to our spouse as a result of living a Bible-based life. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen.